Welcome to Movies Are Life. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler. Happy 2024, everybody. I hope everybody has had a great holiday season, had a great Christmas, a great New Year's. Uh, We had a fun little party ourselves, and we are kind of recovering today. I'm recording this on uh, New Year's uh, as as I'm speaking, and a little tired today, but um, this episode's going to be a little different. We're just going to revisit two episodes from the past. Um, I am taking a little break and kind of getting the schedule down for this year. A lot of exciting stuff upcoming. I mean, a lot of fun movies, I think, with the actor strike being over and also the writer strike that there probably should be a lot of great content coming out this year. But also, we have 18 movies left on the rom-com list, so a little over halfway, and there are some really great movies on the list that we haven't got into yet, so I'm super excited to revisit those. So um, I thought that this episode is going to be a revisit of two shorter episodes that we had, and I was thinking about uh, the year 2023, and undoubtedly the two big movies uh, were Barbie and Oppenheimer. Barbie Heimer, as everyone came to know it as. And it was funny that Barbie ended up as my top movie of 2023. And Mark Blitch, who is on our top 10 films of 2023 episode, his top film was Oppenheimer. So I thought it was a good chance to catch up and look back on those. Uh, Barbie dropped on dropped on Mac, so I know a lot of people got a chance to finally see that if they had it. And Oppenheimer as well as, you know, you can rent that. So it's definitely uh, two films that will definitely be talked about uh, come award season. I think the Golden Globes is next Sunday, which is crazy. Uh, we'll probably hit on that a little bit and just uh, kind of our thoughts about that. Um, we love award shows around here, and uh, Whitney will usually <laughs> definitely have something to say about that. So I'm really excited about the upcoming year. Uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation. And once again, don't forget to listen to our past episodes, top 10 movies, uh, top 10 TV shows. Those are always a lot of fun to do. And throughout this break, I've heard from a lot of people like, oh, I checked this out because you mentioned it, or I checked out Jury Duty because you mentioned it. So um, those are always some of my favorite episodes to record. So I hope you take the time to listen back on those as you're getting into the work season and everything coming up for this new year. So we're super excited about things to come. As always, tell your friends about the podcast, and we'll jump into my conversation with Ann Schaefer about Barbara. And then after that, we'll jump into my conversation with Charles Mills about Oppenheimer. All right, everybody, have a great 2024. Hey, Barbie. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. Barbie, you know, came out this summer, uh, 2023. It's a fantasy comedy film directed by Greta Gerwig and written by Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. Based on the Barbie fashion dolls by Mattel, it is the first live-action Barbie film after numerous computer-animated direct-to-video and streaming television films. I have to take a quick little pause there. Um, I don't know if you ever have you ever seen uh, any of the Barbie like uh, uh, shows. No, actually, you know what? People have asked me that a lot, and I was like, I haven't actually seen any of like the animated ones. I, I see clips of them on like TikTok and whatnot, but I hadn't you know, seen any of them. Um, I might've seen them when I was younger, but I have no recollection. I was more focused on playing with the Barbies than watching yeah. them. Yeah. So uh, my girls haven't watched them in a long time. And also I'll say, uh, they're not necessarily like huge, uh, 
Barbie fans, and we, uh, we could talk about that a little bit. But the show is like existed on Netflix, and they're like uh, almost like short little ten minute episodes and vignettes and stuff. Gotcha. They're actually, actually, as far as like kids entertainment goes, very very funny. Like it oh, always. <laughs> yeah, I had this very dry sense of humor, and uh, I think I can't help but think that Gerwig maybe like saw some of these to get like a tone she could go for. But a little inspired, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if people don't know, this film stars Margot Robbie as Barbie and Ryan Gosling as Ken, and follows the two on a journey of self-discovery <laughs> following the existential crisis. The film yeah. also features an ensemble cast. So over the weekend, it gained one hundred and sixty-two million dollars in its first weekend release. Uh, Barbie also marks the biggest debut ever for a film directed by a woman, which is really, really cool. I, I guess, like, what what made you want to see this movie? Yeah, um, I'm a Barbie girl through and through. So I grew up um, playing with Barbies, like all my neighbors. I mean, everybody played Barbies with me. Um, I've, I've been a Barbie girl forever. And then um, fun fact about me is that I also collect Barbie ornaments. So um, my Christmas tree this year is going to be very trendy because I literally, you know, watching, you're talking about the, you know, the marketing earlier, I was watching Margot Robbie on the red carpet and I was like, oh, I have that Barbie in an ornament. I have that outfit in an ornament. So um, we'll have to wait till December, but my tree is going to be very, uh, very on on brand for, for this year. But yeah, I just, I, I love Barbie. I love the cast um, that they have, you know, I love Greta as a director and so um as soon as I heard there was gonna be a Barbie movie you didn't have to tell me who was in it but I was like yeah I'm in count me in for sure yeah yeah I I knew because I've been a big fan of uh, Greta's and then um you know because we're on a first name basis and everything right but okay. I, yeah <laughs> uh, but, but also Noah Baumbach I, have a, I, mm-hmm. I haven't seen all his films but uh I really like even though maybe some of his movies don't completely work all the time. I always like his tone and like what he's going for. And I I was like, when it first was announced that they were the ones doing this movie, I I was very perplexed. Um, (laughs) uh, Not so much for uh, Greta's, end but definitely a bomb box end because his movies are usually pretty, pretty serious and deep. But um it, but I, don't, I really don't know why I doubted them because I really, really liked this movie a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and almost so, so much so because I've loved comedies and I think people are almost discounting. Uh, I mean, everybody says like so how funny this movie is, but I think it's also very challenging in a lot of ways. And I think people have forgotten about how hard it is to create a movie like that but also a movie that people collectively find funny that that's really hard to do these days i think yeah especially with like the social commentary of it all you know i think that some people can get really like oh can i laugh at this or can i not um about those types of movies but you know i think uh greta gerg was on point when she said that she really wanted to make a film for everyone that everyone would enjoy because you know they have some high level jokes in there that you might not understand unless you're like thinking about this work and, you know, talking about cognitive dissonance and some other things, but yeah. um, they also have some really basic, just funny things that happen that um, really anybody can enjoy and also kind of starts a conversation for um, all ages to th- think about, you know, I, I, a friend of mine said their kid walked out and was like, what's, what's the patriarchy? <laughs> you know, asking that question <laughs> as they walked out and it's like, well, that's going to start a conversation for sure. And so it's, uh, yeah. um, it, it, it's nice to have that kind of in a, a presented in a fun way, but also, you know, adding to that, that deepness and that depth of um, the content as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, 
Whitney's parents joined us uh, on this adventure, which added to the layer of her being uh, mad at mad at me that we went and saw <laughs> the this. whole family. But you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, she was out of town. So, uh, but like uh, you know, even afterwards, uh, we were talking about it, and her dad was like, "Man, they really went into some like deep." you know, deep things there. And I said, yeah, I said, I almost feel like we have just like left a college course about gender dynamics, but yeah. it was taught by the coolest professor, you know, right. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, Absolutely. Well, it's, it's funny. I'm actually teaching a intro to women and gender studies course this fall and I've, <laughs> I'm scrapped the syllabus. It's going to center around Barbie. Cause I think it's a really, you know, I want, I want to be cool like that, you know, to really have those conversations and really that, um, really starting that, that like thing of like, oh, this is like, able for everybody to understand about how things impact them um, and the world impacts them if you look at it from a different lens. Right. And um, I mean, I, I enjoy that they, I mean, it's actually, actually pretty shocking. I feel like that such a big corporation and Mattel is a corporation was, right. you know, allowed um, basically these filmmakers to have the stance that they have and be, uh, you know, basically unapologetic about it. But also I think, and I honestly think this like in a, res a respectful way. And even if maybe I, I can see a lot of people definitely not uh, agreeing with a lot of the viewpoints, but even uh, me, myself, who I, I consider myself a, a feminist and I, you know, yeah. very, this movie actually challenged me in a lot of ways, even being a male and just yeah. being like, just kind of calling myself out on just like, just a thought process on the lot of, uh, you know, just the things that I naturally go to because of the world that we live in. Right. Yeah. I think that was really interesting. Cause I know I saw a lot of um, commentary prior to me seeing it of from some, you know, right-wing conservative people who have viewed it said it's very anti-men and, you know, really kind of teaches uh, things. And I thought it was the exact opposite. You know, I yeah. think it, it talked about, you know, how patriarchy is also harmful to men. Um, and I think one of the most interesting things that I saw recently when I was scrolling on TikTok was this idea that, you know, um, not to spoil things in the movie, but, you know, when women are in charge, they just want everybody to be able to live how they want to live. But when men are in charge, they're asking women to do things for them. And so <laughs> it's this like weird thing of like, oh, people, you know, view this like all women leadership as like, well, that's, you know, reverse sexism or some other mm -hmm. uh, you know, term. But in actuality, they when they were running, you know, Barbie land, it was, you know, everybody got to do what they wanted to do and could exist as they were. Um, and it was not the same when when the Kens took over. Yeah, I didn't view it as anti-male at all, but more so just, you know, basically I liked it because the movie, like, you know, Greta Gerwig is taking this concept and she's challenging us, but instead of just like throwing it out there with all the problems, it's like, right. hey, hey, we've called it out. So where, you know, where are you going to go from here? And yeah. that's what, you know, that's what I liked about it. I, I, I didn't think it was like anti-male at all. Uh, I think the yeah. exact opposite. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I think it really kind of showed the ways that people, you know, even Ken didn't want to be in that kind of world where he, you know, he wanted to figure out who he was by himself and not as an attachment to somebody else. So, yeah, yeah. exactly what you said. It's just the movie celebrates uh, tapping into the things that make you the person that you are. And yeah. defining defining yourself that way versus who your partner is, no matter who, right. no matter no matter what side you're on, and so that's why, yeah. I, yeah, it's just yeah to me, I just think that's really fun. But I just, if anything, I mean, 
it's it's poking i think it pokes fun at at females just as much as males yeah absolutely yeah i think it definitely has that conversation of like um you know the idea of stereotypical barbie and like what she is and like um you know but at the same time like it really kind of unpacks like the societal expectations but like you said it, it kind of starts a conversation that people are going to think about after they're done with Barbie. And, you know, if they if they think that it's, you know, shallow or too deep or whatever they, opinions they have, it means that they didn't really pay attention, you know? Um, <laughs> I think it's funny, you know, people are talking about like, oh, like I'm gonna treat this like film bros treat fight club. It's like, oh, I know you saw the movie. If you just say you didn't like it, you just really didn't understand it. And, you know, <laughs> kind of having that <laughs> mindset, which is uh, the kind of the energy I'm gonna take through the, the rest of time, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, quickly, I want to talk about the performances because, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, th I mean, great cast all around, but Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but definitely Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, I think, do an amazing job. <laughs> like, yeah. So did you like the performances? I did, you know, it was interesting because I think a lot of people had some questions about Ken being too old um, to play, like with like, Ryan Gosling being too old to play Ken, which I think is so funny because it also, that's usually what women get when they're cast as uh, like, oh, they're too old to play, you know, a hot, you know, attractive, whatever it may be. And so the fact that that was kind of turned on Ryan Gosling, I thought was really interesting, but, um, and you know, Margot Robbie, wow, she, um, I haven't seen a lot of things she's in. I, you know, I'm not like a big, over Wall Street or things like that, but yeah, she what you could tell that the kind of shift from when she was just stereotypical Barbie and had that kind of like, you know, I would say like kind of vapid like attitude towards things to where she really kind of got that acknowledgement of like being having feelings and emotions and what the world was. But I think the standout performance has to be America Ferrera because I, you know, I, I kind of forgot she was in the movie. I saw her on the press tour, but I, I didn't see her a lot yeah. of trailers. And so when she came in and, you know, obviously her monologue in the, the middle is going to be, um, you know, unpacked. But I think that, you know, we talk a lot about like, oh, Ryan Gosling is really getting a lot of things for you know, his performance as Ken. But I think the women took it home. I think Margot Robbie and America Ferrera really shined like throughout the whole thing and really kind of showed um, some really excellent acting. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Margot Robbie, I I've actually probably seen a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that she's done. Um, she's re uh, she was recently in Babylon, which is mm -hmm. I will definitely say not a movie for everyone. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> it, but but regardless of what you would come out of that movie, regardless of how you feel about it, is that she was amazing in it. Um, and so and then she was awesome in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and like almost anything mm -hmm. that I've seen her in, she does great. And I I think a lot was put on her, you know, in this and she's always done like comedic beats in other films before, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this is definitely a comedy, but there are some genuinely like kind of, I would say heartbreaking moments. And absolutely, when, when, I when cried. She, and when she's crying on screen, like it's a, it's a genuine moment. It's not meant like for laughs and stuff like that. Right. And yeah, it's uh, pretty incredible that, uh they kind of went up and down like you know with this uh roller coaster of emotions yeah absolutely yeah that was i definitely cried a lot uh <laughs> i was like you know i think you know everybody's like oh it's bubbly it's fun but oh man i was sobbing at the end and the you know the music and the you know the montage towards the end of all the the family and friends of the cast and crew was just it was beautiful it was moving so yeah definitely yeah. well definitely high high praise from us uh I think we did a really good job talking about this movie without actually talking about like <laughs> specific I'm scenes to spoil it. I know. or <laughs> yeah, or spoil it or anything like that. So, uh, I highly recommend it. I, 
me myself, I, I rate movies from a one to five star scale. Uh, what would you rate this movie? Five. I, I got to tell you that I added it to my letterbox uh, favorite movies immediately after seeing it. I was like, this is number one. So I would give it a five. Well, you're on letterbox. I can't believe we are like oh, follow yeah, each other. Oh, okay. Sure. Okay. I'll have to find you on there, but yeah, I, I I'm the same as well. I, I feel like with any comedies, they become a little easier to nitpick. I think sometimes cause you know, tapping into like, everybody has a different sense of humor and like what makes yeah. them laugh and stuff like that. But um, like, like I mentioned earlier, I think to pull off what they did with this, like as a comedy and um, it, it, it made me really happy as a dad with the younger kids that this type of movie yeah. was out for them. And um, yeah. And even though they probably didn't get everything that this movie is unpacking, you know, it's at least, you know, it really is. It's cliche to say, but you leave the theater with a, you know, you kind of see the world a little differently. I think after yeah, seeing absolutely. this movie. So, I mean, I can't, I won't be able to see like, a, I think a stallion in the same way or if, if the yeah, no. yeah, the idea of horses is kind of ruined. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I will say I've never personally uh, thought about horses that much. I'm actually uh, kind of afraid of horses, but, uh, oh. but, but definitely uh, some of the things that they touch on uh, as far as uh, the Godfather and other things like that. Oh my they, gosh. Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah great stuff. So, well, uh, anything else you want to add uh, before we sign off? Oh my gosh. Um, all I say is that just Barbie was better than Oppenheimer. Well, Oppenheimer was great. Barbie took the cake for me and uh, I think everybody should see it no matter what you uh, live life as. I think that it's enjoyable for literally everybody. We imagine a future. And our imaginings horrify us. They won't fear it. Until they understand it. Oppenheimer is a epic biopic thriller written and directed by Christopher Nolan. It's based on the 2005 Pulitzer Prize winning biography, American Prometheus. And the film chronicles the career of American theoretical physicist J. Robert Oppenheimer. The story predominantly focuses on Oppenheimer's early studies, his direction of the Manhattan Project during World War II, and his eventual fall from grace due to his 1954 security hearing. Gillian Murphy stars as the title character. Emily Blunt it plays his wife, Kitty. There's also uh, roles played by Matt Damon, Robert Downing Jr., Florence Pugh, and then just tons of faces. You'll probably be like, wait, I, I know this person. Wait, I didn't know he was in this. I didn't know she was yeah. in this. Uh, I think it's kind of uh, kind of fun to almost be surprised with some of those. So, um, so I think I saw this, but you saw this movie on opening weekend, right? Mm -hmm. I did. Yeah. Um, and, and, so I, and, and I wanted to actually, I wanted to see it in the um, IMAX 70 millimeter because there's only like, I believe there's only like 13 theaters in the world that can show it that way or right. something. And I and it is sold out, still sold out. It's sold out so far weeks in advance. I'm like, I can't. So I ended up seeing it in just a regular theater, which I was I was bummed about that. Having said that, though, I, I like this movie a lot um, and, and I would want to go see it again if I ever get a chance in the IMAX 70. Um, but yeah, no, I saw it opening weekend and, and, and I, I, I mean, I know of the man roughly. And I know, um, I know he was kind of 
after the whole bomb, I know he was kind of ostracized a little bit. That was the extent that I knew of it. Um, yeah. And uh, and yeah, and I knew that Einstein had helped, but again, I didn't know much of it. So what's amazing to me is, is that you mentioned it's a thriller, and it and it is. It's exciting in a lot of ways, and it, it, probably more than it has any right to be because it's actually it's a pretty. I don't know. It's not. I wouldn't say it's slow. I've heard a lot of people describe it as slow, but I mean, it's there's not like a lot of action that happens. There, it's it's a three hour dialogue heavy movie. Yes. Um, but I, it's kind of the culmination of Christopher Nolan's career. I, I'm not going to say it's his best movie, but it is. It's like hit all of the style that he's been inventing over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Memento, using the black and white to show a different timeline and then dunkirk mixing and cutting across times yeah you know it's 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 pretty cool seeing it all come together and that's that's what makes this movie particularly interesting is the way it's put together how time is just you're in and out of time all over the place and sometimes with very minimal differences between you know the characters the way they look and all that you're bouncing around all over the place but it somehow is coherent Yes, I don't know if you felt the same way. I, yeah, you you said it. <laughs> it was like you read my mind. Yeah, uh, you're right. This movie just kind of is a culmination of just everything that he's done. It's kind of led up to this point. And yes, it's it's dialogue heavy, but um, I I didn't think it was slow at all. In fact, I'd be almost a little interested to see how long how long the longest scene is that plays out because he is going back and forth all the time. And it's, I think it's almost recognizing that this, <laughs> I, I'm not like a sciencey guy, but, and, but he does a really good job because this movie is full of science jargon. And it's almost like he's utilizing these editing techniques um, to move the story along. And it, it, it he, even though <laughs> really, I mean, this is kind of, even if like, I didn't know all the details, I really didn't know much about Oppenheimer, the man, but we have some historical context of the atom bomb in world war two. I didn't know all the details, uh, but also he does a good job with this technique of you in a way, don't know where things are going, even though we have a very like, <laughs> like, we, we know who wins the war, but there's still, right. I would say, a moment in this movie where you're still kind of on the edge of your seat about, like, what's going to happen, <laughs> you know? And so I think I think he does a masterful job of that. I mean, it just, I mean, I do think this movie is playing off a lot of the success of Barbie. So a lot of people, you know, made a weekend out of it, which I think is great. I mean, people going to movies and seeing you know, these original uh, stories, so to speak, not necessarily based on a comic book character or anything like that, but it just almost tickles me to think that people tickles your pink. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That this movie is doing so well because you know, it's sciencey it's three hours long, but it it makes me happy that people are embracing this film because even though I'd probably agree with you that I, I don't, think this is his best film but it's also the one i'm so glad he's taken on this type of material yeah and um i i uh i was actually thinking um that when you were talking about the money of it like i think outside of the batman trilogy this is his highest grossing movie wow (laughs) so which is crazy considering he's had such big hits you know yeah exception and and uh and 
I, was Tenet a hit? I can't remember if Tenet actually was a hit or not. I know that was kind of came out. Uh, it was, yeah, it came out. Yeah, that one. It might have, it might have broke uh, some records uh, just for the year, just because right. <laughs> it might have been the only movie right. that was actually out in the theaters at the time. But yeah. But but what's cool also about it is the um, it the fact that he's shooting this movie with these IMAX cameras and um, and I know that's kind of become just like buzzwords to a lot of people, but I don't really don't think people fully understand because IMAX, a lot of times it's just a movie that's blown up to IMAX or whatever. He's shooting, this is film. This is not digital. He's Mm -hmm. shooting on large format film. And for this movie in particular, they had to, Kodak had to create black and white IMAX film. That wasn't converted in post, that he shot it in black and white. And when you think about that, it's kind of crazy that it's a dialogue driven drama that was shot on these large format cameras. Yeah. It's wild. And the the fact that he also, I believe he claimed that he has no computer generated imagery in the movie that, that he used, you know, obviously he removed stuff and posts stuff like that, but he, there's nothing like created like in, you know, in 3d and then, you know, even the bomb, the explosion Mm -hmm. was done practically. So it's kind of amazing, but it just, it just strikes me as very crazy that like they're inventing like new technology for this movie. And, I, and there is part of me that's like, did it need it? Like, did it need this like giant format black and white? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a case for that. It's like, I, I love it, though, because, you know, um, if I could ever go and see it uh, in an IMAX um, 70 millimeter screening i would love to i don't know if it needed to be shot this way but, <laughs> yeah. but it was beautiful and it, it was beautiful yeah and and i really appreciate someone shooting black and white as black and white and not just you know like they, yeah. there was intent behind that yeah um speaking of that uh robert downey jr i think stole the show personally he did. Uh, and I, I think he will win an Oscar for this for supporting actor. He really gets to chew on the scenery in this movie. But, um, you know, it, it's fun to see him. I mean, he's always been a great actor, but um, I, I'm glad he was, you know, it's been a while that since he's been given a role that plays off his strengths so well. Uh, and, and you know, heard that yeah. interview that he was um, he talked about. Uh, he was kind of taking a shot at Marvel a little bit because he was basically saying that he hasn't really like stretch his acting muscle in so long mm, having he played yeah. all the Marvel stuff and that he had kind of forgotten like how to play outside of like the Iron Man stuff. Like he kind of got into that, you know, almost sounded like he was kind of coasting along, which I thought he was fantastic in all the Marvel movies. I really did. But, but, but basically Christopher Nolan had to kind of like really coax it out of him to get mm-hmm. an, uh, you know, a great performance that is nothing like Iron Man. But yeah, but I do, I really do think he'll win an Oscar for it because his, and, and and so I also think, um, how do you say his name? Is it Killian? Yeah, Killian Murphy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think Killian will also win Best Actor. I, but I think I think I thought he was wonderful. <laughs> he was. He was. But having said that, I really think Robert Downey Jr.'s character is what drives the narrative. Like, it it was, I I it was it was just fascinating. And Matt Damon was great too. I I think yeah. they Matt Damon's kind of the humor of this, and a lot of the dialogue in his scenes was very um, like social network style. It was like, there was a lot of like really fast rat a tat 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 really like witty dialogue that I loved. But, um, but yeah, I, I think Robert Downey Jr. Uh, again, I don't want to get into spoilers of it, but 
the role that he was tasked to play could have been so one dimensional and and you know just weird and 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 not memorable and instead it's like it is the like the narrative device the way they used him and like i I just i loved it yeah yeah and um yeah i really liked killian murphy a lot because uh he almost it kind of in a weird way kind of remind me of a daniel plain view from there will be blood oh yeah and that one one was you know that obviously that role is i mean just super memorable and way over the top and it's i mean this is a very different performance and and it could have easily gotten into that territory but he plays him you know i i just thought we could really like see his how his thought process changed over the years of his life you know so he's this brash cocky dude and how he starts really kind of uh finally digesting uh the the effects of all their all the their work you know and so i i think you could really see that like over time the way he stays the same person but you know uh you know and but kind of develops and morphs like over time i i I thought i thought it was really really good i had read somewhere that like people were kind of upset because it was like they thought they were making a martyr out of this guy that made the bomb and killed so many like Japanese people, which obviously is there's a lot of weight in this movie about that. But yeah, but I didn't see that them as making a martyr out of him. In fact, I didn't either. I feel like they went out of their way to make him a kind of a bad guy, um, especially early on. Like one of the first scenes with him is like he's where where uh, where was he at Cambridge? Cambridge, wherever he was at, he's like he tries to poison his teacher because his teacher kind of gives him a hard time. And it's like, wow. Okay. So that's your like introduction to this character. (laughs) It's like, you're not making him look good there. And then, and then when, you know, when he comes home and his kid is screaming and his wife's upset, like he just, his first thought is to give away his kid. Yeah. I mean, as a parent, like (laughs) those two scenes, the poisoning a teacher and giving away your kid, it's like, I, at first I was like, I'm not going to be able to connect with this guy at all. They're making him out to be almost a monster. Like a, like something wrong with him, uh, you know, and, but, and then I was thinking maybe that's the way his mind worked and you, so I do not think they're putting him in a good light. Now yeah. they do show the brilliance of him and all that, but they, then they, they do show, like you said, it's the changes that he goes through and he does realize the error of his ways, but he was just almost so arrogant in his pursuit. And then not mm-hmm. all, not only that, but it's like the government's kind of pushing him to do it too, because they want, they don't want the the Nazis to get the, the bomb before them so, right yeah but it, it's so i really I, I don't i think they kind of showed him warts and all i do not think they tried to downplay his bad qualities um yeah which is interesting it's a very interesting take on him yeah and i i, I agree with you as well and i thought that um you know i i think the powerful thing about this story is just this moral quandary that it presents um you know uh and they even recognize <laughs> you know what a devastating effect that this bomb will have but you know you have it juxtaposed with like well the germans have been working on this like for a long time so like kind of one of those like you know if we don't do it (laughs) somebody will and you know that'll affect us and that'll affect you know certainly for him you know affecting his heritage and his jewish background and everything he did change trying to redeem himself you know, I think as best as he could, but I don't think it was still glorifying uh, what he did. I, I I thought it was perfectly posed. He was just kind of, 
doing like what he could, you know? Um, and so, um, and I thought, I mean, I, I still, even when the movie, uh, finished, uh, I just, I, even though this is something that we've like always have talked about with, you know, history and just the effects of things. And, you know, I would, I would say I'm more of a pacifist than a lot of other, a lot of other people. And it really brings these like lots of feelings and stuff, but then it's also mired with this, you know, this movie is essentially also a political thriller in the sense of like, Oh gosh, politics just skewers all of this. You know, so what was funny about the, the political aspect of it? I mean, funny it, to me is that I I actually didn't know the difference between the A-bomb and the H-bomb. And so, yeah, and so I when they're really I assume they either. were the same thing. I really I've always I've heard it. I just thought they were interchangeable. And so when they're talking in the movie, I'm like, well, what is he talking about? He doesn't want to make the hydrogen bomb, the H-bomb. And I'm like, what? and so that was one of those things I had to actually come home and look it up. And, and so it's like. And then I was like, okay, did we ever end up using an H-bomb in war? And it turns out that they were, they were made despite Oppenheimer not wanting to make them, but they have never been used. No country has ever used an H-bomb, a hydrogen huh. bomb in war. So in, in some ways, I, I would say that he's probably should be given credit for that. I mean, I know there's the whole mutually assisted destruction or mutually assured destruction, but I, I, it's just fascinating to me that like he this one atomic bomb and then now there's all these other much bigger bombs out there. A hydrogen bomb is much bigger than an atomic bomb. Um, and they have not been used in all the years since they were made, which was, you know, so it, it's it's a, it's just it's a, it's an interesting thing because it's not like it's not like far away history. We're still in the middle of this mm -hmm. kind of thing. And it's like, eesh. Especially yeah. with everything going on in Russia now, and knowing yeah. that knowing that the Soviet Union will or Russia, which he's you know Putin's trying to kind of rebuild the Soviet Union, it seems like. But knowing all that, and knowing that they have hydrogen bombs, and we have hydrogen bombs, and yeah, ah, I don't know. Yeah, that's it's kind of scary. That, that's a good I mean, way. Not, to, not kind of scary. It's extremely yeah, scary. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of a good way to uh, <laughs> sum up how you feel after this uh, film is. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. just like whoo. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, um, I, I one thing I'll have to—I I just want to quickly say—is that, oh, yeah. um, and I think uh, Nolan he—he's been criticized a lot with how he like, writes uh, female characters, and uh, you could kind of—I think he was really trying to solve that with this film. I, I still don't think he quite stuck the landing. Landing. Uh, my kind of one big critique: I thought Emily Blunt was really uh, misused in this movie, uh, and so. Um, but I, I and she plays a big part certainly at the end. But I, I didn't think um, up to that point uh, she had necessarily <laughs> earned. <laughs> earned uh the action that she takes but that was kind of my one little like the movie so shifts after you know kind of the, i would say probably the last 45 minutes to an hour and i i thought it was good but it, all of a sudden it kind of felt like nolan was really kind of telling us uh how to feel during everything when up to that point i felt like we were still getting to kind of decide for ourselves i i I, she was okay. I mean, I, I don't know if I, you know, maybe, maybe you just liked her more than I did. I, I didn't think she was bad, but I, I, the scene I love though. Uh, and it's kind of a weird scene is when they, when they're like having her being confronted with the whole, like, you know, the affair 
like and she's she's in that and the way they visualize that and it's, yeah it's a very it's a very interesting way to do that like it's like putting putting all their you know dirty laundry out for the public to see and go on the record i, I thought that was a really interesting moment the way yeah. nola decided to do that um what did you think of florence Pugh? well <laughs> i it kind of she threw me off guard a little bit because I didn't know she was in the movie. Uh, strangely enough, I know you could just go on IMDb and see all these things, but uh, I I like to kind of go in, you know, pretty fresh and stuff like that. And so she's one of my favorite actresses. Um, and so uh, we saw a lot more of her than I <laughs> was expecting <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And so the person literally next to me uh, covered their eye. <laughs> and so in the theater um but i mean i thought she was i thought she was really effective in her role i i, I always think she's really good can i can i can i mention one spoiler can we give a spoiler alert because there's something i do want to ask you are you sure. okay with that yeah okay sure. so uh there's this there's a sequence where spoiler 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 there's a sequence where um it's in it's a flashback to her you know dying in the bathtub yeah um I, I took away that, you know, she had committed suicide, right? I don't know if that's what you took out of it. But, yeah. appara but apparently people have said that in one shot of the movie, there's a there's a um, like a black leather glove, hand, uh, uh, gloved hand pushing her head down. You know, I kind of wondered that I, I did see that. And for a second, I was kind of like, wait, did he, you know, basically help her assist her in killing herself? So that so I did. I did not notice it. And I, I don't know how I didn't apparently. But. But there have been so much. There's so much speculation on it. People were saying that was it like his perspective, and he's like blaming himself for it happening, and it's like his hand. Other people said that it's the same kind of glove that the agents who were going through their trash earlier mm -hmm. wore, and so the implica the implication there is that the government killed her. Oh, huh? Interesting. And, like, and so I started researching that a little bit, and it's like there is there is that conspiracy theory, and it's been been out there for a long time, like. That huh. that may have been how she was killed. So it's another thing I want to rewatch it again. Um, Interesting. Speaking of that, I, I saw it at a, a theater um, where they were serving food, and, and that was probably one of the times <laughs> when one of the waiters walked in front. But <laughs> during the countdown of the bomb, that's when a waiter came and like asked me a question. I'm like looking around, I'm like they're they're counting the bomb. This is like this is two hours into the movie, man. Like, yeah, I'm trying to like look around. I'm like, I already gave you my card. <laughs> oh man, anyway, that's, so that's I, there's like, like several things I know I need to rewatch. Yeah. That um, yeah, that's a really interesting theory. Like I, I I didn't take it necessarily that he actually physically had done it, but when he was just imagining what happened, he yeah. kind of thought like he was the caught, you know, right, the right. for it yeah. and stuff like that. But that's an interesting as far as the uh government uh agency because I mean the the movie is very clear on how I mean, he was followed and, you know, uh, monitored constantly, you know, so uh, I wouldn't put it past right. <laughs> anybody a, that that. It's just such a weird, it, it's it, it, the way I'm understanding that shot is like it was just one shot, one like quick shot, but that it just sold this idea that it wasn't exactly a suicide. So that's really interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. Well, um, is so I, I was kind of looking back around this time we had uh, recorded our discussion about everything everywhere all at once. And uh, during that podcast, we had predicted that it would uh, win best picture. Um, I, I feel like, I mean, it's still early. There's, you know, there's still a lot of things to come out in the fall, but do you, 
I think we both agree that this will garner a lot of nominations. You already talked about Downing's uh, performance, and I think a lot of people will be. Uh, I think technically this will be edit, um, nominated for a lot of things like editing and production design, costume design. I thought the makeup was really good as well. Cinematography. Yeah, cinematography. Uh, do you think this movie will win Best Picture? I can't even think of what else will be nominated, but yes, I do. Um, it's it's just such a big picture, and and I think he will finally win a directing Oscar. He's only been nominated to director like once, right? I'm trying to think. Yeah, it hasn't been very times. Yeah. So I I actually think this because of the like monumental achievement that it is. I think he will win director for sure. I think Downey Jr. and Killian. I, I think they're all kind of locks for this. So. Uh, yeah, I, I will just call it now. We'll say it'll win Best Picture and Editing and Directing. And and uh, the score was a little weird in places, but it worked for it. It was really intense, kind of like the whole Dunkirk thing. So, yeah, well, it's really interesting. Like, like, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll call it now. Best Picture. Sure. I, I, <laughs> I But I can't think of any other movies that would be nominated. Can you like what's another front? Would you say Barbie? I mean, is it, is I, it I that think- good? Uh, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was giving an odd. Um, I, I wonder if the uh, Spider-Man, you know, across oh, yeah. the Spider-Verse, uh, I don't know if it can slip <laughs> into a Best Picture uh, nomination. I think well, it's a animated film for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then the Ninja Turtles movie was really good in that regard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, there there'll be uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. You know, will be coming out. It's, it's, it's funny you say that. I'm j- just now listening to the book. I highly recommend Oppenheimer. Uh, I the, there were, I mentioned kind of a couple of things I kind of got hung up with and with a little bit, but still, it's one of those movies. If it did win Best Picture, I I totally support that. Um, it's you know it's challenging but also accessible, and um, I mean it's kind of operating on all the technical levels. You know that it's everything coming together, including the writing, the actors, the directing mm-hmm. and everything like that. So yeah, it'll be a force to be, uh, to be reckoned with. Well, Killian <laughs> is a fantastic actor. Anyway, he's been in almost every Christopher Nolan movie. So it's really cool yeah. that he's finally like a big starring role and he's yeah. just knocked it out of the park. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've never seen uh, Peaky Blinders w- 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 in which he starred in. And I heard a lot of uh, people really I mean, I've seen like a few that. Of that. It's like you, you would not believe the difference in character he is from his yeah. Oppenheimer performance. It's a yeah. totally just different person. Yeah. So, yeah. so but he's good well, as Scarecrow. I think that's what a lot of people know him as. <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, he was in 28 Days Later, I think. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, the, yeah. The, the, the first. Yes. The original yeah. one. Yeah. He's really good in that, too. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good actor. <laughs> so, well, um, thanks for taking the time to quickly talk about this. So, yeah, I, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know it had. We're recording this fairly late. We're both tired, but I, I think this was a good discussion. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I had fun. Seriously, anytime you want me back on, man, I'm. I, I love talking about movies. I could do it no matter what I'm feeling like. So, Awesome. Well, uh, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. 